Hey, this is the Pittsburgh City Paper Podcast. I'm Alex Gordon. We're doing our second music performance in the studio today with Emily Rogers. Her new album, Two Years, comes out on June 10th. And then she has a record release party slash grand opening on June 18th. Where is that? Club Cafe. All right. Thanks for being here, Emily. Mm-hmm, thank you. We're also joined by multimedia editor Ashley Murray. Hey, Ashley. Thanks. Hey. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Cool. All right. So it's been, um, I guess, seven years since your, your last album? think so yeah all right so how old is the oldest song on two years i remember the okay the song itself two years we played it at south by southwest in 2009 so it's it's as old as 2009 however many years that is yeah and what was it about like how many songs did you write for this album altogether i mean really like i my albums tend to be like everything I have. Okay. I'm not particularly prolific. I wish I was, but um, but I also I don't have any throwaway material. You know, like what I have becomes. You know, it's it's on the record, and I actually I think that works out well. Like it does feel like a moment in time. You know, I'm not playing songs that I wrote a bazillion years ago on this album. You know, so it it often makes sense thematically. Like I'm not writing a concept album, but in a way it is because it's, you know, it's chronological. It's like a piece in my life. So when I, when I do listen to like my, my first album was 2005, you know, it's just, I, I, it was a very different incarnation of myself. Right. So what was it when you finished these songs that said, now this is the time to record this album as opposed to writing a few more or a few less? I think, I mean, a lot of it was working with the producer, working with Kramer, you know, he was, he was like, let's do this. And so it was kind of, kind of like encouraging, um, let's get this together kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely need, need someone else to tell me when it's time. How did you first get uh, hooked up with Kramer? I think it was MySpace, honestly. So thanks, MySpace, for one thing. Um, he just, he contacted me. He'd heard some of my music and said he'd love to work with me. And um, wow. we're really good friends. You know, we text every day. And, yeah. Is it one of those things, like, I, I hadn't heard of him before. He, you know, he was a really big deal, kind of, like, before I musically came of age. And, and Eric was like, my husband was like, holy hell. And we were kind of like, is this really this person? Right. You know, like... And I was like, I would be a weird person to impersonate. Like, he's famous <laughs> in certain circles. Yeah. Like, people go crazy, you know, for him. But, like, it, it's not like Madonna, right. you know? <laughs> so I was like, it must be him. But maybe I that's why know. it's a smart impersonation, because you can't really impersonate Madonna. But yeah. you could be like, oh, that might be Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What is the relationship like between you and Kramer, or if there was a producer before him um, in the studio, whenever you're, I mean, is there... I guess you said you're happy to have someone to get you moving, but is there ever any, like, tension? There hasn't been. A lot of it is just that I don't I don't have a great producers here, so I'm not really arguing with anyone. I'm up for whatever. Um, so that, that works out well. I mean, now that you're saying it, I could, I could see that really being a problem with, with artists who are not flexible on stuff, but I trust him implicitly. Like the, the song No Less Call, the, the very long one, it was yeah. a completely yeah. different song before he got his hands on it. Um, what changed? It's much slower. Um, it, it was quite a bit faster. It was kind of more like a rock tune, and he was just like, no, let's try it this way. And it was much, much better. Do you write... Like, I'm just curious how this all works. Do you write your words and then your music, or is it just, like, change up? Okay. Almost everybody I know does it the opposite way, like, comes up with something musically and then pours words over it. But I'm definitely, like, I'm often, 
I don't, I refuse to, well, I try really hard not to text and drive, but I'm often, like, <laughs> writing down lyrics and driving, um, <laughs> you know, just sort of, like, as things come to me, so I always have the words first. Well, yeah, when I write stories, I'm, like, the whole time I'm writing a story, I'm constantly thinking about it, so if I'm on, like, the trolley or yeah. something, I and I, like, think about a way I want to phrase something for the story, I'll, I'll write it down, or I will make notes on my phone. So I can, yeah, I well, can it's kind of like a shower principle, mm. you know, like if you yeah. stop thinking about it. Yeah. But yeah, I always have words first, and it's often, I mean, honest to God, like I have, I'll just have sort of a journal, and, you know, I don't write story songs, I don't super love story songs, but, you know, I'll just have these sort of like lines that come to me, and I inevitably like will just start singing them in a row, like in that particular order that I wrote them down, and that's how they end up in a song. Like they come mm. to make sense, the connections come to make sense. Um, in a way that works. So almost always it's just sort of like, and I guess it does capture like a moment in time, you know, that, that there's a reason those came chronologically, but that's, that's almost always how I do it. I've been hiding. I've been cutting my way out here with a dull blade. some musicians for them the, the album is the piece of art and then the live show is like well this is the best we can do live and then for other musicians it's like the live show that's what you really want to see and the record we're just trying to like you know get yeah. it down on tape do you see yourself in one of those camps um i mean generally like the live show is in keeping with the album so i mean i, I kind of like i think of i think of albums the way that i think of books you know that it's that it is this this entity on its own? Um, but I do think the live show is important. Um, I think it's again, you know, to have that that experience. A friend of mine um, is a memoirist, Laurie Jaquila, and she, in her most recent second most recent um, memoir, she said something really great about like going to poetry readings is what she thinks is like her version of a spirit spiritual experience. Like for very religious people, you know, it's the equivalent of like like. Was it like taming snakes and stuff like that? She's like, I go there to be, you know, lifted up. So that that that's something that resonates with me. But put in the context of music. Yeah. Do you get nervous before shows still? I don't really. No, I get nervous before because I'm stuck in the crowd. Mm. Like I'm a very nervous listener. 
Like I've said multiple times, if I had a Harry Potter cloak of invisibility, I would do so many more things. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm actually on stage, I'm fine. It's this very strange phenomenon. Most people are the opposite. But, yeah, if I'm on stage, like, I'm in control. So can you tell me about your band? You're back in band now? Yeah, they're amazing. I actually had them on YP. I think I was supposed to just list their names, but I added so many superlatives. It's like, actually, can we redo that? I just need to know <laughs> their names to start with. Um, but I just well, you feel, can go crazy with superlatives. Here. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I just feel immensely blessed, hashtag blessed, um, <laughs> to, to have my band. Um, like, my husband Eric plays guitar, and he's just phenomenal. Um, my bass player, Allison Kakmar-Richard, she's just phenomenal um she yeah she's really great like kramer actually said said he's like that bass player and kramer's a bass player and he was like that bass player he's like i love every effing <laughs> note she played on that record and she really does she she is a very different different player than most bass players i've i've encountered it's a really beautiful warm tone and mark lyons is our drummer and he's wonderful um and and he comes from more of sort of like a punk rock background, so it's it's definitely cool to have that. And then Megan Williams plays violin. She played on my first record as well, and she's just immensely talented. And she really, I always tell her, it looks like she's in some sort of fugue state when she plays. Um, but she just comes up with really interesting, really interesting parts. Yeah, I forget which video it is. The one David uh, Bernabo. Yeah. All the, all the close-ups of the, I was watching her fingers. I was like, yeah, I really like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool video. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. It made me laugh, too, because it's very, like, like that was the concept was focusing on fingers. And yeah. so you can see, like, Mark's giant hand, <laughs> my tiny hand. This is, like, going back and forth. It's, like, great. Yeah. How long have you been with this band? This? Oh, that's a good question. Um, long time. I mean, Mark is the newest one. We had, um, our previous drummer was Paul Smith, who's also great. Um, but he had kids and just other things yeah. going on. He also, he was six foot four and our current drummer is six foot four. There you go. Like, that's <laughs> easy transition. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, you know, easy transition is a requirement for our drummer. So I, I don't know. I can't quite answer that question, but a while. Okay. I mean, uh, long enough that yeah. we're really, really solid. And I trust them. That's, that's the most important thing. Like, I feel comfortable around them. I really struggle with just any sort of criticism at all. Like, it's really a lot for me to bring a new piece to the band. Um, it's Yeah, it's really, really hard for me. It takes a lot of courage. And I, I feel safe with them. And that that's, takes a lot for me to feel safe. Yeah. I mean, that's about as valuable as a band could be. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're on the record and they're also playing with you a lot. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You want to tell me a little bit about the grand opening on the 18th? Sorry, yeah. we should also <laughs> we should tell our listeners yeah. why we're calling yeah. it. Yeah, that's why my, my mom my mom keeps calling it the grand opening, which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, the 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 CD's out on June 10, so like they've been taking pre-orders all this time. So on June 10, they'll go out. Um, but June 18 is when we're doing our CD release party at Club Cafe on the South Side. And we're having um, Greg Dutton open. He's a good friend. Yeah. And he's from Ohio. Yeah, yeah, he's playing Ohio. Eric used to, to be in Ohio as well. And he moved to Columbus, and he really hasn't been playing out at all. But he agreed to come back and do an opening set. So I think that'll be, that'll be a really nice thing. This next song is called In This City. 
Is it nice to sort of get away from music and focus on something, focus on your students, and then you can come back to music and kind of have a fresh head, or are you kind of always thinking about both? Um, well, a lot of what I've been teaching is creative writing, and so that that really does help me, like, if for no other reason than, like, motivation. You know, I try to hold myself to the same standard that I'm holding them to, and I don't, but I, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. Um, and what I always tell them, you know, is, perfectionism leads to stasis like you just you can't do anything at all um so I'm pretty open with them you know about my own process and my own struggles so that is that is definitely helpful um even just yeah even just talking about like I I mostly teach prose so we do like creative nonfiction and fiction so it's definitely a different genre but um you know the spirit is the same the process is the same the the diligence needed is is the same so now that it's early June are you just feeling like oh thank god I have the summer or yeah 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 actually I mean I I will have a month off which is you know unheard of in the working world that I want to be diligent about it you know reading and writing um so hold me to it. If you want to give me a call and say, are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll know who it is. got to start doing those follow-ups. Yeah, we have to. Homework. Yes. Yeah, yeah I what can are you, use homework. What are you reading now? I, well, at this very moment I'm reading We've Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. It's so weird. It's like 60s gothic. Um, super, super weird book. I've been trying to read, like, literate mysteries it's a couple mysteries i i like i really like to sink into them when i'm not in school and some of them i just started one i was like i'm getting dumber i'm getting so much dumber i can't read this anymore so what was shirley jackson so you you played covers early on when you first got started yeah like in college yeah yeah so I, i always think about covers as like there are certain covers where the artist has found a strain within the original song and they kind of extrapolate it and they, they're able to amplify it and it's kind of a cool version of the song and sometimes you just want to play a Bob Dylan song because it's really fun. Yeah. Are there any songs that just by like great, what your favorite songwriters that you just want to hear in your own voice? That is a really good question and that's a really good articulation of like what's special about a cover song. Because I still, you know, I played cover songs because I didn't know how to write songs. Um, but I still think there's something really magical about you know, playing someone else's work, you know, like channeling it in your own way. Um, I I don't know, like it's 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 funny because a lot of the a lot of the songs that I really like, they already kind of sound like me. Um, I'm definitely for like cross gender um, covers. I think it's hmm. I, I really like to play covers by men. But I would love, you know, if I had to do do a covers record or something, um, you know, cover some, some Jason Molina, so like Songs Ohio, yeah. um, Magnolia Electric Company. That's something that definitely comes comes to mind. Weird question, when you do a cross gender, do you change the pronouns? I haven't, no. I don't think that I would. I was gonna say I think it's better when you don't. Yeah. Yeah. 
What is, uh, what is the, I, w I was actually, this, this song by Vic Chestnut, um, oh, what is it called? Do you guys know Vic Chestnut? Not very well. Flirted with you all my life. And the lyric is, it's about death, like about, you know, even touched you once or twice. Um, but there's definitely, like, there's a line, that's something I'd love to cover, cover, and there's a line that's like, I am a man, I am self-aware. And I was like, no, I wouldn't change that. Yeah. Like, I think it could be distracting to the to listener if you change it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And yeah. there's like more syllables. I hadn't really thought that. I, <laughs> I am a woman. <laughs> now you said you were doing covers in college because you didn't know how to write a song yet. Yeah. Um, full disclosure here, and I think everybody knows that I'm not a musician, so I don't I don't know how to write a song either. So can you talk about like the point which like, somebody taught you, or when was it where you thought, hey? I know how to write a song now. It was definitely like when I when I graduated college, I immediately moved here. Um, it was two thousand three, and I had my own apartment for the first time. So it was really the only time I'd ever really been alone, and it was really this magical thing. You know, it was like something opened up inside me. Just just this having this privacy that I didn't have before. So I don't know that I didn't know how to do it before. I think I just I didn't feel confident because I just felt like people were always listening and people always around. You know, it's kind of like when you're alone, you find out who you are. Yeah. And I didn't have a television, you know, I just, just listened to music, um, sat at my kitchen table. So the, the first song that I ever really finished is on the first record. Um, it's actually, it's called Last Call, which is not entirely unintentional, but no Last Call is on the new record. Right. All right, Emily Rogers, Two Years is out on June 10th. Her release show is June 18th at Club Cafe. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. Thank you. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Alex. All right. Muddy waters Forgotten desire It's only midnight You call out to me, but you could have been anyone. You could have been anyone. You could have been anyone. My hands have turned.
could have been anyone My hands have turned to dust My hands have turned to dust Uh-huh.